Hello and welcome to Happy Place with me, Fern Cotton. Today, a very special episode made possible by the National Lottery. I'm meeting Steve Barnabas. Sometimes you can, you know, see lots of indicators and factors into the roads that some young people might go down. Issues around mental health, how well they're doing at school, anxieties and pressures can lead um, young people into many different situations. And we have situations where sometimes young people feel for their own safety they need to carry a knife, as an example. There's no kind of one-size-fits-all kind of situation. You know, you have to really look at young people as individuals and have a real understanding of what they might be dealing with or going through. Steve is the founder of Project Zero, an East London organisation aiming to see a year where no young person dies as a result of knife crime. Whilst working with local communities to provide safe spaces for young men and women, Steve and his family have twice suffered life-changing events that reaffirmed Project Zero's mission. In 2004, his second cousin Robert was killed as a result of a knife attack. And in 2019, he lost another second cousin, Alex, in the same way. Since then, Steve has continued to be a force for good in the local community, working to address youth inclusion, employment and engagement. He's even had his own mural put up in Walthamstow, which you must Google. It is a powerful image, or perhaps if you're in the area, walk past it and do a big thumbs up to Steve. Steve has an incredible commitment to his mission and his community, which will no doubt be on show at the Coronation Big Lunch he and Project Zero are throwing over the bank holiday weekend. His is just one of many communities all over the UK that are getting together to celebrate the upcoming Coronation with a bit of help from National Lottery players. National Lottery players raise over £30 million a week to support good causes all over the UK, which includes funding that has gone towards the running of the Coronation Big Lunch. The Big Lunch brings millions of people together annually to boost community spirit whilst encouraging neighbours to share friendship, food and a bit of fun. Her Majesty the Queen Consort has been patron of the Big Lunch since 2013 and over the coronation, folks across the country will be hosting a special one-off coronation Big Lunch. Right, here it is. Meet Steve. This is the show. Steve, welcome to Happy Place. It's so lovely to meet you. Good afternoon. Hey, I'd love to hear a bit about Project Zero, what you're doing, this this brilliant initiative. Can you tell me a bit about it? Yeah, so Project Zero is all about engaging young people in positive activities. Um, we want to promote social inclusion and reduce antisocial and offending behaviour. But Project Zero is a headline and it's kind of like wanting to see a year where there's been zero deaths of a young person because of knife crime. Like I said, that's the headline. But when you come here and when you come to the centre, it's really just all about engaging um, young people in activities, providing them a safe place for them to come and be, mingle with their friends, discover things about themselves, learn new skills, 
um, help them overcome any kind of barriers that they may have at home, at school, or being out and about in the community, but just generally engaging with young people and helping them to be happy. And you're actually at the hub now. You've got your own studio space there that looks amazing. Tell me about the space that you're in and and, and what you've got to offer there. Yeah, we're based at the Outset Centre Community Youth Hub, um, which is in Walthamstow, the borough of Waltham Forest, um, so quite central. We've been here for the last two and a half years and yeah yeah at the center here we've got a fantastic music recording studio we've got a gaming lounge we have a room called the mac attack room which is all about video editing um, music production we have a hall for live shows and performances and we also have a multimedia room and even an on-site cafe so we provide a wide range of um, engaging activities for our young people there's something for everybody here basically Oh, it's, it's so brilliant, Steve. I, I want to hear much more about Project Zero in a moment. But first of all, can you tell me how you're involved in the Coronation Big Lunch this year? So um, since 2018, I've actually been involved in uh, big lunches um, within the community. Um, I was involved in something called the Big Walk um, back then and um, ended up doing our big lunch and bringing the community together. And last year we were part of the Queen's Jubilee and we had our own big lunch in celebration of the Queen's Jubilee. And so this year, obviously, um, with the King's coronation, we decided a great time and opportunity to do a big lunch around that event. So, yeah, our young people really enjoyed the big lunches um, that we've provided in the past. Um, It's a great way of um, not only the young people that use the centre coming here and enjoying themselves like they always do when they come and have events here, but also it's a time that we can open up the doors and the wider community can come in as well and and take part in and see what we do here and see all the activities if they haven't done so before. Yeah, so it's, it's a lovely opportunity for community. I'd love to know how your big jubilee lunch went was that a nerve-wracking prospect to organize that to get people there i know you had live music and food and a bouncy castle how how was that yeah no it's always fun it's always uh, the days leading up to the event itself if i had hair i would have lost it but (laughs) i can't lose it twice (laughs) so um but yeah there's always you know um, organizing any kind of event there's always stress and making sure all the t's across all the i's are dotted um everybody comes in on time everything is delivered you do as much preparation as you can beforehand etc 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 so yeah but it was a lot of fun last year we had our local councillors came down we had our community police officers like I said we have young people performing and um, we had food we had the, all the red white and blue flags and everything like that flying it was really exciting and we have a program called youth champions so when a young person turns 14 they become more than just a young person coming along to the youth centre we encourage them to be like peer mentors and they're um, real advocates for Project Zero and the work that we do. So they actually have a task of working in organising and preparing and setting up for the event as well. So it's a real young person-led kind of activity. Yeah, it's beautiful. So let's go right back to the start because I'd love to know how you started Project Zero, why you started it, because it's it's built into something so important and vital in your local community. And, you know, you've got a, a big responsibility in, in running it. Why did you start it and, and how? So I've actually been working and engaging with young people for 30 plus years myself. And unfortunately, in 2004, I lost a cousin through knife crime. So for me, working in the 
youth offending team environment, working with social services, even working as a residential social worker, and even a number of years working with young people that were involved in gangs in the States. When my cousin lost his life through knife crime, it was kind of like a traumatic experience. And it was kind of like I was on both ends of the shoe while I was working with and engaging with young people that had been perpetrators of knife crime and been involved in the criminal justice system. Now our family became victims of this uh, event. Um, So it was kind of a bit of mixed emotions, but there was a need for young people to be doing something a bit more positive with themselves and positive with their lives. I strongly believe that youth centres, youth workers, activities that run at centres like this were vital to engaging young people, keeping them off the streets. And unfortunately, we were going through the period of the banks crashing at the time and austerity and everything being shut down. So when this happened, I thought, you know what, there's a real need. The young person who committed the crime was a 16-year-old young person, excluded from school, kind of no real ambitions, no real goals within his life. And it kind of highlighted the situation where there really needed to be going back to the roots of old-style youth centres and and youth workers engaging with young people directly within the community. So that was kind of in 2004. But unfortunately, in 2019, I lost a second cousin through through knife crime. So even over that 15-year period, the issues were still very real, still very alive, and engagement programmes and working with young people were still very much needed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such vital work that you're doing, and I'm I'm so sorry for your losses because that's an incredibly difficult, challenging thing to go through, especially as, like you say, you know, you were working with young offenders. You were working with people, forging connection, um, having empathy for and helping people that were involved in knife crime, yet also on the receiving end of that violence and losing family members. That must have been just an incredibly complicated thing to go through emotionally for you. Yeah, it was it was um it was a kind of a funny and difficult period all at the same time. Yeah, I had to go through a bit quite a bit of soul searching, but it kind of through that process I think it did highlight the need. Well, it, it highlighted two things. How easily a young person could either be a victim or a perpetrator of of such a crime, you know. Sometimes you can, you know, see lots of indicators and factors into the roads that some young people might go down. Issues around mental health, how well they're doing at school, anxieties and pressures can lead um, young people into many different situations. And we have situations where sometimes young people feel for their own safety they need to carry a knife, as an example. There's no kind of one-size-fits-all kind of situation. You know, you have to really look at young people as individuals and have a real understanding of what they might be dealing with or going through their home life, their circumstances, mental health, etc, etc. Yeah, I mean, we we know that this cycle of violence is is still ongoing, hence why you're deeply passionate about doing this work, continuing this work. Why do you think that cycle of violence is so strong? And how do we even begin to break it? Well, you know, like I said, I've been I'm working with young people um, for 30 plus years. There are a number of different factors um, that's changed over the years. So the access to information on your mobile phones and the internet um, is a big factor in terms of 
discovering things that you might not have had easy access to. So young people can explore a wide range of topics that before they might not have seen before. I think some of those things sometimes can cause more anxieties. The ability to engage with people on a, in a face-to-face way and be able to express your feelings to somebody that's in the same room with you, that's kind of diminishing this a little bit with, um, you know, the use of mobile phones or, or everything um, on a screen type of thing. And I think those kind of things and those issues can create uh, anxieties, um, the ability to, to to say how you're feeling to somebody in a bit more of a face-to-face way. And that can then lead to issues around conflict or anger management issues or stress or outbursts or, um, you know, that type of thing. I think it's really important to hear you explain that because sometimes if we feel we don't know enough about these cycles of violence that that we're all aware of, and it's not just in London, this happens, well, all over the world, but in all different towns and cities around the UK, I think if you don't know enough about it, you can just assume these people are bad, they're doing bad things, I don't want to know about it. But what you're doing is is exploring the issues, the home life, the anxiety, the mental problems that these young people face and you're helping them get out of that cycle which is so important and like you said at the beginning of this chat you've got huge goals you want to see a whole year where nobody dies from knife violence and that is an amazing goal a huge goal to have how have you faced people telling you that that's not possible so actually I mean I I must admit when I kind of was looking at the you know what we're going to call this project and um, the theming and uh, and the promotion of it. I thought that was going to be something that come up quite a lot. You know, I would go into a meeting, do a presentation, and say, "Yeah, we're Project Zero. We want to see a year where there's been zero deaths of knife crime." And everybody looking at me and thinking, "Nah, that's not going to happen. That's not going to be possible." But I didn't actually get that reaction. People people might have been thinking it, but they didn't actually say it to my face. But um, I guess that for me is that if we all have an ambition, if we all have a drive to achieve that goal, you know, if we are able to engage with young people, if we achieve it and there's no deaths of a young person in a year where there's been of knife crime, that'd be amazing. But I think just the the ambition and engaging with young people with that vision in mind, you know, should create some kind of effect that, we, that where we can protect young people and looking at their needs. Yeah, and community is, is such a huge part of this. It's what you're cultivating, it's what you're encouraging for people to not be displaced, for people to feel like they belong and part of something. How, how crucial is that sense of community for young people and breaking this cycle of violence? Oh, it's extremely important. Um, one of my favourite sayings, that, and, and I, um, the, the people here, that um, the staff team that works here, probably are sick and tired of me saying it, it takes a village to raise a child. I say it at every possible opportunity. It's not just down to the parents, it's not just down to the police, it's not just down to our counsellors. Every single, doesn't matter whether you've got children or not, it doesn't matter. We all need to be responsible with regards to affecting change within our community. It's it's all our responsibilities. You know, we should be able to see a young person on the street and say, hey, what are you doing? Where are you supposed to be? What are you doing? I know there's safeguarding issues and things that we all have to be very mindful of, but we have to look at young people 
within our communities as all of our responsibilities. So with this community that, that you've created, and it's very celebrated in your local area, how do you feel when you see people in your local area coming together and forging this community in a really positive way? I mean, that must make you feel euphoric. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm blessed to be in um, Waltham Forest as a borough, where it's a very diverse community, and they are very good at um, coming together and and supporting projects and organisations like ourselves. We get a lot of donations of items that we use for our young people. Gaming, somebody left a a, a gaming console, an Xbox outside the the centre the other day, and said wrapped it up lovely in a in a nice bag with a bow on it and uh, we, they didn't leave their name and address we couldn't call them back to say thank you but said please utilize this for all your young people yeah you know th- um, during covid period we had donations and items and and the community really came out and supported us when we first started and was going through that year of lockdown and um, and and difficulties um and before we you know got a steady flow of funding yeah donations came in so yeah it, it's it's a really beautiful thing when you see community the wider community um supporting what we do here yeah without a doubt i mean so much so that there's a gigantic bloody mural of you steve in walthamstow i was googling it earlier is a is massive and you're, you're wearing an aubergine suit you're looking slick you're looking powerful it's, it must have been a real moment to, to see that to stand in front of this ginormous mural of yourself yeah, yeah, I always say, because funny enough, it's on the way when I travel home and I always say I feel so sorry for the people that live on that street <laughs> that they have to see <laughs> oh, that no. every every day that they, they go home. I was thinking, oh, my goodness, can you imagine? It's so but brilliant. actually, that, uh, yeah, that, that has actually got a bit of a story to it. Um, so if you were to look at that picture on the end of it, there's a, a kind of a frame and the beginning of another picture and that's a young person CJ who has actually lost his life um, through a gun incident in Newham a number of years ago so there's actually there was due to be three pictures um, his mum was very much involved in trying to get support and help for 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 CJ when he was a young person growing up and CJ used to come along to our previous centre and attend a number of programs and projects so yes while I'm there centre stage is actually um, a bit more of a, a wider story to to the mural and why that came about. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's extremely poignant and it's um, it's a, a lovely reminder, I guess, for everybody about that sense of community, but also as to what can be lost. And it's really important that we remember this and that we realise what's going on so that we can keep continuing to forge community and, and helping young people out there. I mean, I'm sure that over the 30 years that you've been working in this area, but specifically working with, for, well, creating Project Zero and putting your time, passion, energy into it. I'm sure that you've encountered so many positive stories, moments that you really feel like what you're doing is is making monumental change. Are there any particular stories that stand out that will really stay with you forever? Well, first off, actually, I should mention that our team of youth engagement workers are quite a, a relatively young team as well. They're all people that live within Wolfham Forest. Um, some of them have come through what we call shared lived experience. They can tell you about situations that they've been involved in and they use those experiences to work and engage with um, the young people that attend here at the centre. So it kind of creates a kind of big brother, big sister vibe atmosphere rather than 
they're going into any kind of governmental building or, or, or centre, if you like. And some of the um, young people I've known from since they were like coming up to me, knee high sort of thing. And they come now and they are working here as youth engagement workers, bringing their experiences and the relationships that we've had over the years to engaging with the the young people that we have here now. Um, I feel very old sometimes when I've seen some of those young people come back and they've got their own children. And I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) you know, I'm thinking uh, maybe I've been doing this for too long. But but yeah, I think... um, Seeing some young people in terms of where they've been, the struggles that they were having beforehand, the road that they were on, and how much that's turned around and changed to where they are now, whether they've been in relationships that they're working, some of them are doing further education. I think those kind of wins, when you know how far removed those goals were at the beginning to to you know the fact that they're achieving them now i think when i see that then that that kind of gives a good feeling yeah i'm imagining steve that you're um you know not only are you incredibly skilled in this area and obviously just have a natural ability to talk to young people work with young people and understand these issues but you must be generally a hopeful person because this is you know, it's serious territory and it's and it's game changing, it's life changing, it's life saving for many people. So do you do you find yourself feeling hopeful naturally? Yeah. Um yeah, I do actually. I could give a bit of an example of um how we look at things here. So we at the beginning, um well actually, no, it started uh, just in the summer last year. It's a year-long programme, so, you know, we're running it all the way up until the summer this year. We were basically doing an anti-knife campaign. But our anti-knife campaign was with a bit of a difference. It wasn't your usual imagery of knives with blood on it saying put the knives down and don't carry a knife it's dangerous to carry a knife young people have had that message drummed into them they do know that they know the dangers of it they know the consequences of it so our anti-knife campaign was called choosing life and the idea of it was for young people to think about their goals their ambitions the things that they want to achieve whether it's their careers whatever is it that they want to achieve as they're growing up and moving into adulthood. And then for us to kind of think about the barriers that might be stopping them from achieving those things. So we had um, what we call Choose a Life Ambassadors. So we had Omar Beckles, for example, from Leighton Orient Football Ground. Um, we had this um, uh, uh, young rapper, lo- local rapper, his name is Kitch. They come in and they tell and share their stories about where they were, the things that they've done to get to where they are now in their profession, in their field, um, how they overcome barriers and overcame hurdles to to be where they are now so they had real life local what we call heroes if you like telling their stories to our young people and so it was a kind of a spin on the normal anti-knife campaign type of thing so rather the negativity or the dangers of don't do this and kind of telling and lecturing young people don't 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 no 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 Here's what you can have. Here's what you can do. Here's a program over here. Here's an activity over here. Here's something that you can get involved in. Here's something that you can engage in and telling that story as well. Yeah, so it's a brilliant way of doing it. It's it's amazing. And again, it just emphasises that sense of community that, you know, everybody in this in your area wants this, in every area wants this, wants this sort of these aspirational stories to be told and for people to feel like that they have a chance of 
dreaming big and, and achieving their goals and moving in a, in a more positive direction. It, it's so wonderful. Obviously, we talked a little bit about your Jubilee lunch that you held. Thanks to National Lottery players, uh, Project Zero is also holding a coronation big lunch. So you've got you've got the stress all over again, Steve. But you've also I can't got lose the... any more hair. <laughs> <laughs> you've also got this wonderful opportunity for community for mm-hmm. celebration, bringing people together. What have you got planned this time round? So kind of following the same kind of pattern where we have live performances. Um, so our young people are working on some new pieces of music that they're going to perform to our other young people. There will always be the traditional bit of food. Last year, we did have actually um, a royal visit from... We actually had two royal visits. So at our Jubilee celebration last year, we had Leo the Lion (laughs) and Lenny the Prince. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and and a princess that come along, uh, so you can imagine their mascots and um, the, 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 the smaller <laughs> Love children loved that and, and had their pictures taken with those. So so a bit of that and um, yeah, probably something uh, a, a different activity. I'm sure that we'll have going throughout the day that that will get young people happy and, and involved in something. Yeah, King Charles and uh, and Queen Camilla actually visited us here at the centre um, in October as well last year. So yeah, I want to know about this because I know that you met at uh, a special big jubilee lunch event that was held at the Oval. How did that come about? So you met the Queen Consort there, and how did the visit transpire? I guess through my work um, in terms of being a volunteer and um, over the years of um, um, the community work, we was um, awarded with a Royal Volunteer Award, which was presented by Queen Camilla at the Oval Cricket Grounds um, in June. I want to say it's June. It was June, <laughs> June last year. And while we was there at that event, I took a number of young people alongside uh, myself. And one of our young people was bold enough and said, you should come along to our centre. You should come and yes. see what we do and, and check us out. And sure enough, they did. They Sure enough, they did. So it's actually um, a kind of surreal experience because what happened was it was like the Monday when we got notification that they wanted to come and visit us. And then it was the Wednesday when the Queen, I think it was the Wednesday when the Queen actually passed away. Wow. So we thought, well, this is a change in circumstances, so the chances are it's probably not going to happen. We went through a period of time, the funeral took place, and it was not long after the funeral that they got back in touch and said, no, they want to come. Um, we were shocked and we were surprised. Our young people were ecstatic and uh, and the visit took place and, and they came and checked us out. Wow. So so talk me through this. The King and the Queen Consort arrive at Project Zero. How are you feeling? What did you get up to whilst you were in their presence? How did it work? Yeah. Well, so, so because it was a normal school day, we had to get permissions from a lot of our young people because our, our, our provision is a, in the main an out-of-school provision. So we had to get a lot of um, permissions from the, the various schools that our young people attend for the young people to come along. So a lot of our youth champions came. We have um, a group that does Corsa Caduces. They do singing, dancing and drama here at the centre on a Saturday. They brought their young people and they did a, a, a musical piece, um, singing and dancing performance. And we also work with Barncroft's Primary School, which is a, a school right next door to us. They, funny enough, had a visit 
from the Duchess of Cornwall at the time, Camilla, a couple of years ago. So they already had experiences of a, a royal visit, but um, they're a local school, primary school that we work with, and their years four, five, and six came along. So we had a lot of young people, a lot of flag waving. They spent quite a bit of time with us, actually, and they met all our key members of staff. They met our strong team of female youth engagement workers who deliver a wide range of female-tailored engagement programs. Uh, they heard about how we worked with um, issues around domestic violence, the involvement in gangs, how we engage with disadvantaged young people from a wide range of various backgrounds. And then we also had a number of our partners coming in. So Princess Trust, based at Wolfham Forest College, um, Sparked Alive, the Thing Foundation, other partner organisations that we work with. I think I, for me, it was important that they were there um, and part of the event because we are nothing by ourselves. Project Zero is nothing, you know, just one organisation with just our workers. I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. So I think partnership working is very crucial and important. So um, it was also a great opportunity for our partners to to come along to the, to the event and um, celebrate in, in, uh, in the achievements and, and meet the Royal Family. And what did that mean to, to your team? It must have been a, a really amazing moment to be able to talk about the work that you're doing and, and your goals. Yeah, you know, I think you could really, for, from the young people's perspective, you could see them really, their chest rise up to feel like, oh, you know, look, we, we're actually quite important. You know, where our centre is, is in Central Wharf and stuff. It's not necessarily on a main road. It's a little bit tucked away. But um, for the king and queen to consider us as uh, important enough to, to come on and visit and see what we do here. I think it was a, a, a great experience for our staff who's gone through, a, 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 some of them has gone through a lot as well as the young people. And I think also there's quite a bit of recognition for a lot of the community workers that we do work with as well. Yeah. Oh, it's so amazing. Honestly, just hearing you talk about what you've created and I think really again, placing emphasis on that sense of community is so important, especially with knowing how many people feel particularly lonely. I think, you know, we all know that's a big problem globally, again, I, I'm sure, but, we, you know, I, I probably am more up to date with the, the sort of statistics here and knowing that in the UK that that is still a huge problem, that so many people feel lonely, that they don't have that sense of community or people that they can rely on. It, it, it's incredibly important what you're doing. What are your what are your plans for the future, Steve, with Project Zero? What's next on the horizon for you? So it's funny, actually, we had um, this morning um, a meeting with um, some consultants with regards to um, our mental health services. You know, our, some of our, well, not just, our, I was going to say our young people, but just not just our young people. Everybody's going through it where we've had Brexit, COVID, cost of living, war in Ukraine, all of these different things. The anxiety levels are are high, let's put it that way. Um, so we are kind of looking at um, all our inclusion services, mental health, well-being, the activities that we deliver, whether it's sports, stuff around fashion, all the engagement activities, but making sure that mental health and well-being and support is available through all of those activities in some way, shape or form, and how we develop um, case management work with um, our young people. But the challenge is, is actually to try and do it in such a way 
where young people can come in and get that support and feel that they are receiving that help without it feeling like it's a therapeutic uh, intervention kind of thing, you know, like they're not going to a doctor's surgery to to receive help. They're, they're coming to and speaking to people that can listen and 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 direct them in, uh, signpost them in um, in a bit more of a natural, holistic way. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it's really, really important because, again, we know that the fallout from everything that you've just mentioned there has created, you know, even more mental health issues and problems. And that's certainly something that I'm deeply interested in as well and, and looking for ways to combat that or different resources for people to tap into so that they stand a better chance of, of feeling mentally okay. Um, it, it, it's it's desperately important. So just like how the National Lottery players have helped you bring people together for your big lunches and the one that you've got up and coming, um, what advice would you give for other people out there who might want to do the same thing that have have not thrown any sort of party in their community or brought people together? What advice and tips can you give? Well, actually, I mean, there's a there's there is a lot of uh, resources and tools online that you can actually, if you were to type in, I think the King's Coronation Big Lunch, there are a lot of tools on online. But I think the thing that we learned um, in terms of pulling it together and um, going through the process was getting maybe key members of the community involved from a very early stage. You know, if everybody takes a little bit, pulls it all together, then you have something that's a little bit more successful. And we're doing that actually with this project where we've got a program that's just happening on the streets out there. Then they're actually growing sunflowers and they've been doing that with our people, their projects um, and trying to get solar panels on the roof. Um, it's called Power. They've got their project. They're coming along and they're bringing their input. But yeah, I think just getting people or members of the community from a very early stage. I think it was last week where Ainsley Harriet was um, leading in the big knock, just going around knocking on people's doors and saying, hey, we're doing this thing next week. You want to get involved and getting their details and and finding out what they can bring and what they can offer to the event and to the bringing the communities to, together. And, and I guess the other key thing is not to be afraid, you know, Sometimes you can be scared of rejection and thinking, oh my goodness, I can go and knock on this person's door and they're thinking, who the hell are you? <laughs> but uh, if, you're, if you're not afraid to do that and ready and a bit more broader shoulders, then yeah, just going out and just giving it a go. Um, and try to get people involved in that way. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, you're already you're living proof that it, that doing it is is you know a perfect example of forging beautiful community for positive change. And um, and it's so brilliant that you're seeing that in your local area and and with such brilliant big goals. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing you know how you grow what you're doing and how you can reach more people and inspire others to do similar setups, initiatives, or just bring communities together in their local areas. Because I think the more that people feel they're included and part of something, you know, the, the better. The less the less negative outcomes we'll see all round. So it's um, it's really inspiring to hear you speak, Steve, and it's it's brilliant work that you're doing with Project Zero, and it's been an absolute pleasure to to learn more about it here. And good luck with your your big lunch. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. I just want to say a ginormous thank you for taking the time to chat. The work that you're doing is just incredible, massively inspiring, and so needed. We are all completely indebted to you, mate. 
Thanks to National Lottery players, communities all over the UK are getting together to celebrate the coronation. Every time you play the National Lottery on app or in store, you help support amazing projects like the Big Lunch. It's amazing what the National Lottery does for people. I can't wait to see what delicious spread you put on there, Steve. Hopefully a quiche is involved. And you lovely people listening this year that are putting on a Big Lunch, maybe you can show me some of your joyful photos if you're celebrating. We're at Happy Place Official on Instagram. A massive thanks again to Steve, to the producer Anushka Tate at Rethink Audio and to you brilliant people you're lovely 